It's a common misconception that drinking eight glasses of water a day is enough for healthy hydration. It is not, people, but sweat consists of water and sodium, which means that you need water plus electrolytes to stay properly hydrated. Thankfully, there are products like Element that have all your electrolyte needs covered. You can try Element Recharge Sample Pack by going to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash people for only the cost of shipping. Welcome to the People Sports Podcast. I'm Mark Titus. She is Charlotte Wilder, and we have torn up our notes and thrown them into the garbage because this is turning into one of the wildest days, certainly. And Charlotte, you remember last week we did the show and uh, we commented that it, it's like the stars had aligned for you and I for the People Sports Podcast. All the boxes were checked. It's like is is are the content gods just just aligning the stars for you and I because of uh, the Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers crossover news store, what have you? We know what happened. Right. Uh, this morning, basically, what has happened in this world? And by the way, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's it's uh, eleven thirty here on the West Coast. I don't know what that makes it on the East Coast. And frankly, I don't care. It's seven uh, at night, Mark. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what time it is. <laughs> um, it's not even noon, and two massive stories have broken. That number one, Brad Stevens has stepped down as the head coach of the Boston Celtics. He will now take over Danny Ainge's job because Danny Ainge has retired from GM slash president slash who the hell even really knows what his title was. He just mm-hmm. kind of runs. He's just the guy that kind of runs the Celtics. He's just, now, no, his title, Mark, his title is Danny Ainge. His title is Danny no Ainge. No one knows right? what he does, but it's just like, I'm a Celtics fan and I'm like, Danny Ainge, no idea why yep. he's there, but he's around. And Danny Ainge is no longer going to be Danny Ainge. Brad Stevens is going to be Danny Ainge. <laughs> there you go. You picked up a uh, down. That news breaks. That is the biggest story in basketball. That is, how could anything possibly top this? We will talk about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And oh my God, Mike Krzyzewski is retiring. And Charlotte, last week it was the People Sports Podcast. This week, I, I hate to say this to you, but this mm-hmm. is... This is the Titus and Tate stars that have aligned with these two. I know. And I want I want you to come along with me. I'm not going to cheat on you all the way. Thank I, you. I want to talk it out with you. But uh, well, I, here's, I, here's what I've been I wanna... texting Tate all morning, just losing my mind. Like I called him like three different times. We're texting back and forth. It is it is insane. So that's where we're at. I, I just wanted to preface the show with that because uh, all of this has happened very quickly. And we, we have a set time where we record the show. Uh, you, you and I record the show. And um, yeah, I, if, if we sound like we're in disarray more than usual... That's why. That's well, so why. Here, here's what I want to say, Mark, is I'm glad you brought that up because, first of all, we were going to do a whole show on fans, which I'm really glad we don't have to do that anymore because that, I mean, I do have some thoughts on fans, which is that they're just the worst. Uh, we are the worst, I should say. I'm one of yeah. them. And we can get to that at the end. But Celtics news breaks, that is obviously near and dear to my heart. And then mm-hmm. the Coach K stuff happens. And my first thought was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, we have something great to talk about. My second thought was, we have to talk about this, Mark, in a way that only the People Sports Podcast Ooh, that's can talk right. about this. Like, right. I don't want to do a Titus and Tate show. I don't want, like, yep. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, you know, in a smart way. I want to hear, like, what are the <laughs> off the rails? That, like, what are the, th- yeah, well, smart. Yeah, I mean, smart. but like. <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think you know the show too well, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, go bad. ahead. <laughs> um, but, you know, from a basketball perspective. Okay, basketball perspective. I want to yeah. look at this from like what is the new england coastal elite take and what is the midwestern take and also like what are the tangents 
that you take away? Like, what is the stuff that you, you know, like seven beers in with your friends, you start talking yeah. about when it relates to Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and Coach K? Right, because Brad Stevens, uh, we, we in the, the show we did yesterday, talk, read through the emails and people, a handful of people were pointing out the differences between the two of us. And, and you know, we, we were having fun discussing that, our upbringings right. And, right. and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you were to make a Venn diagram, for, for all the things we have different between us, if we were mm-hmm. to make a Venn diagram, uh, the, the the one little sliver that overlaps, I think, just in the middle is Brad Stevens. I think that's what 100%. it is. Like that's why I, <laughs> I love think that's this. it. That's it. It's like that's nothing else. It's you and I. You're like trying to make. If we went on a first date, we'd be like, "So what are you into?" And you'd say stuff. And be like, no. or I guess sailing now because I, I sail. But uh, it's sailing, and you'd be like, "Where are you from?" And I'd be like, "Boston." And you'd be like, "All right, well, the only thing we can talk about is Brad." Brad Stevens. Stevens. That's it. That's all we would talk. We, if we went on a first date, we talk about Brad Stevens for four hours. One hundred percent. And and then it would end up in like an argument. Like it would end in a fight, you know, it it would end in a fight about like what he loves more is Indiana or Boston. And he kind of killed that. That's what Brad Stevens broke my heart. I'll be honest. Like when I woke up and saw the news, uh, first of all, I had people like calling me and I, I, it kind of broke it. I want to say like seven ish AM and I had woken up, but I was slow to, to get out of bed. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I assume a lot of people are that way. You kind of wake up and just slowly listen i told you i got out in bed at noon the other day yeah, so like yeah. you're talking to the right person so time. i was awake but i when the news broke but i wasn't really out of bed yet and i was just kind of like checking my phone and all that and then all of a sudden a wave of people just start texting me and i check twitter and it's just a a, a a nightmare situation in the mentions of people talking about brad stevens and honestly charlotte i my first reaction is like i don't want to revisit this again i put this to bed because mm-hmm. when brad stevens uh, when I was trying to meme him to Indiana and boy, did I try, I gave it all I had. I've never memed so hard in my life. Yeah. Um, you memed for all you were worth. Yeah. It, it, I, I want to retire from Twitter. Like that was the moment I think I was like, I think I'm done here. Like I gave it all I could. I came up a little short. The game has passed me by. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was trying to meme Brad Stevens to IU and it looked like there might be a sliver of a chance because he wasn't denying it really. And was kind of being, weird about you know how he was phrasing things when he would be asked about it and then he does that press conference where he's like everyone shut the hell up i'm not going to indiana i am a mass hole and he just goes like completely the other way where all he had to say was like i'm not taking the job shut up he was like i love the patriots i love dunkin donuts i'm a mass he literally called himself a mass like casey affleck and ben affleck are yes. my literal brothers <laughs> yes <laughs> And I'm watching that and I'm, I, I, I seriously was like, this dude's about to say my name because it's so personal. Like everything he's saying, felt like a direct attack on me personally that I was like, this is, this hurts. And the point is Charlotte, like when he, when he said that, I was like, I have to be done. I have to just put all this to bed. I will never mention their name, Brad Stevens again. I will never feel anything for this man ever again. Um, that, that was devastating to me. And so when I woke up and I saw that Brad Stevens was stepping down as the coach and some people were trying to like make me feel good. Cause they're like, dude, you were kind of right that like he was going to make a change that he didn't want to be the, and I was no, like, I don't know. You, you weren't, you were, you were sure that they took it off the board in Vegas. What else? Do you yeah. Want? But do, Oh my God, we are okay. But, we are not doing it again. No. However, I did think, I did think to myself and don't let this go to your head. Like that comment from Mrs. Uh, what was her name? Mrs. Brewer. Brewer? You said you look good with a new haircut. Brewer. Yeah, you hey, got Mrs. a hat Brewer. on now. DM's still open. She um, can't tell you have a hat on. You ruined it. Um, <laughs> she, where was I? Oh, don't let this go to your head. My first thought was, okay, well, Mark was right. There was a change. There was a change. But then I tweeted, it's like Club Trillion said all along, Brad Stevens, <laughs> Brad Stevens I, 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 which is part of our new segment, uh, me reading my tweets aloud. <laughs> 
It all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Uh, so yeah, as I was getting, cause so, you know, uh, uh our mutual friend, Dan Katz FaceTime me twice uh, <laughs> because I, I declined. He calls me and like, I'm in bed, I'm laying in bed and I get a FaceTime from Dan Katz. And I say to myself, I don't, this can't be good. <laughs> like, no, I'm not, in, I'm not interested. That. Like part of my mind was going like, he's on the air and, and I didn't know Brad Stevens. I didn't know the Brad Stevens was. I thought he was going to call me about LeBron. I thought he was going to call me and be like, you're a LeBron guy, which I'm not really. I just think LeBron's like talented, but also like him quitting on his team is bullshit. And I didn't love that, but uh, he, um, we can talk about that too. We'll talk about that. But, but I, I thought that's what he's, I, in my mind, Dan was calling me because he's like, he's live on the air. He wants me to defend LeBron. And I was like, I literally just woke up. I can't do this. So I declined it. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he calls me again. And I'm like, all right, I better answer this. And, it was, and he yeah. wanted to just talk about Stevens and he was killing me. And he's like, Brad Stevens would rather just, retire would rather not coach at all than coach at indiana for seven million dollars a year on and on and on and then on the flip side some people were trying to spin it as though i was kind of right because it was like you've read the tea leaves that brad stevens was was not exactly happy as his job like that he would shake it up and maybe and it does i will say charlotte it does leave the door open as much as people in the NBA want to roll their eyes at it, it does leave the door open for Brad Stevens to come back to college i, do, I think indiana's what gonna the, put it the how bed. oh my god how is how that- does it not because How does it not? Not now. Age. Not now. Even I'm saying Brad Stevens is now Danny Ainge, so he gets okay. to, he can be the puppet master. He doesn't have to be one of no. the puppets. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you how because okay, no, please. This is not coaching. Like his job. So the whole reason people would say Brad Stevens doesn't want to go back to college is because they said he hated recruiting. He hated like dealing with like all of that. What oh, he wanted to do was just coach and have oh. relationships and make guys better players. So if that was your point of view of why he didn't want to go to college. That's his shock. job now is yeah that's what his job now is he's not going to coach anybody he's not going to foster relationships he's going right. to now like he looks at spreadsheets and say we're paying kimba walker how many million and for how many years like how do we get under the cap but also luxury tax and like that's his job and this is a guy who grew up and you know like he grew up like wanting to like his start at butler what got him going at butler was yeah. like finding diamonds in the rough Yep. like Matt Howard's of the world and Ronald Norred's of the world and yep. like taking guys like that and making building relationships, going to the final four with them. Like that was, that was what he loved about the job. And now he's mm-hmm. not going to do that. So the reason it opens the door is that I'm, I'm not saying now I'm saying like fast forward four or five years and Brad Stevens is like, what the hell am I doing? This isn't me. I don't okay, want to like, so you're playing the super long game here. Yes. But I'm not saying right. go back to IU. I'm not going to meme him back to IU. I'm saying it leaves the door open for yes, him to go are. back to you're college. Such a liar. <laughs> in five years, you're going to set a calendar reminder right after the show and set it for five years from now, and it'll be like start memeing Brad Stevens. <laughs> you are such a. You are so 100 percent going to. I'm out of the game, Charlotte. I'm done. I'm going to be helping you from our from our studio show in you know uh, as the highest paid talent at Fox. Sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've taken over Skip and Shannon, and, and, right, and yeah. the network is in disarray, and it's the apocalypse. Um, no, but look, okay. So, all right, fine. You could be potentially right there. However, I would argue that part of the role of a GM of like making these personnel decisions is that to a degree where he also doesn't have to like run practice. I would argue he's like sick of running practice. Like here's a, you know, this is, this is where I think you and I can shine and we could have a show that's not Titus and Tate. Because, All right, so uh, what? The armchair psychology, because we yes. did this with Aaron Rodgers last week of trying to figure out, is he happy? Is he going to retire? Well, that's what I, that's, that's what I, that's what I, I, the one note I wrote down, we both said that we, we, before we hopped on here, we were like, I have no notes. Do you have any notes? And it was yeah. like, no. And it was like, this will be a dynamite show. Perfect. The one note I have is in all caps. Sorry. Coach K is in all lowercase. And then in all caps underneath that, it says, we just talked about how he won't retire. 
So like, I think because when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and Roy Williams being like, Hey, maybe you can just be happy. And we're like, but the coach K's of the world, just keep on coaching. Yes. Coach yes. K isn't coaching yep. Brad Stevens, a guy who's like, Oh, I famously love to coach. Like Brad Stevens is one of those guys. Who's just like the armchair psychology of him is that he is a nice guy who loves to coach. Yes. <laughs> and like, maybe we were wrong. Maybe we were wrong the whole time. What yeah. if we were wrong? Maybe. What if mm, I, not, not you and I, I mean, we're like never me wrong. as a, not you. We're never wrong, but we're like never the wrong. world at large was wrong about Brad Stevens. No, this is a, I, I called my dad immediately because uh, as, as backstory, in all honesty, uh, my family has known Brad Stevens forever. And I don't say that to like name drop, but right. like it's to, to give you kind of, I wasn't just like a guy that like wanted to meet Brad home. Like part of it was I've, like I've you known have him forever a personal, and, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't talk to the guy. I don't talk to him anymore. It's not like I call Brad Stevens every Tuesday and ask him how he's doing. But he never, he never reached out to you when you were memeing him back to IU. No, no. But if that's I, funny to me, he probably, he probably like, so that press conference was for you. He's probably, but God that's what it, it, Mark. Yeah. When I mentioned earlier that I expected him to say my name, yeah. um, I, that sounded very egotistical, but like Brad knows no. me and I know him. So like there was like a small <laughs> sliver that it'd be like, so please, for the love of God, Titus, stop memeing. <laughs> I didn't actually expect it to happen, but the, the road he was going down, I was like, oh no, Brad, this is like, like he's coming for my heart right now. Um, so uh, I called my dad because, you know, my dad is, has known Brad for, my dad used to watch Brad Stevens play in high school when he was at Zionsville high school. And, uh, so I was just like, what, what do you think is going on here, dad? Because uh, I really, part of like thinking Brad would go back to IU was the, the draw home. It was the, mm -hmm. it's where he's from. And, and um, part of my armchair psychology with that was thinking the pandemic, uh, cause I, I do want to talk to you about this a little bit. Like the pandemic, I think has played a role in people, all of us, you, yeah. me, everyone listening, Brad Coach Stevens. K, Brad Stevens, really, I, I really do think it served as a, an opportunity for people to like stop and think about like what matters in your life, totally. Uh, people you're spending time with, what you're spending time doing, uh, existential crisis might start seeping in a little bit and like, oh my God, like, what is this what I want to do? Whatever. Um, so I thought Brad might feel the draw back home. Ultimately he did not, but then you know, some of the narrative was like, he was the head coach of the Boston Celtics. No one in their right mind would voluntarily give that job up. Like that mm -hmm. is the job. It's that in the Lakers. Those are the two most, you know, prestigious jobs in basketball. No one would voluntarily step down from that. And then here he is stepping down from that. And so I, I called my dad and I'm just like, what, what do you think is going on? And, and uh, I, not that we need to hash out what my dad's conversation was, but that's where my mind went was like trying to play the armchair. Psychology. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious to do that with you, Charlotte, of like what, uh, because this sort of is unprecedented and to have a guy do this, that to yes. be in a position that everyone does believe that this is the pinnacle of the profession that he's in. Yeah. And uh, now he's going to have like, I guess, more control over the team, but it's different. It's because people don't know who the GM of every team is, but I guess they don't know who the coach, but you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the coach, coach is it, visible. If you're the basketball guy and you you live and breathe the sport, you don't. No one is growing up saying like, "I want to be the GM of a team someday." You're like, "I want to be a coach or I want to be a player." Those are the yes. two things I want to do. And a GM, yes. you just kind of fall into, or the president of operations, whatever the title is. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. What 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 do you think's going on here? I'm really glad you brought that up because I was thinking before we hopped on here that I. Like the reason I love sports. Also, I got into a fight with someone at a birthday party about this this weekend, and it was someone I don't know. So I think that my reentry into society is going very well. He was like, he, he, he was, uh, you know, it was a bunch of people who were not in sports. And he was like, do you, you know, um, 
I said something about somehow we got to where he was like, you know, well, the asshole fans, which is funny because I'm about to say the asshole fans a little bit later in the show. But I, I got very defensive. I was like, no, man, like, d- 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 get get out of here with that. I was like, I admire. I was like, don't do this. I was like, what I admire so much. And this is coming back around to Brad Stevens, I promise. I was like, what I admire so much about sports fans is this ability to care so much about something that doesn't even know you exist. Like you, the the guy in the Eagle sweatshirt, you know, in mayor of East town, who doesn't know who, who the the team doesn't know he exists, right? but he cares so much about that team. And it reminds him of watching games with his dad or watching games with Mm -hmm. his daughter, or like it is a place. And I think that sports are huge for this, for people who have grown up feeling like you're not allowed to have emotions or you can't really express yourself. Like if it's a, if it's a sports team, you can yell at the TV. Like it is still manly to cry when your team right, finally right. wins yeah. the championship. Like I think yeah. there's a lot of misplay. So I go keep in mind, I go on this rant at a birthday party. Like I'm <laughs> like, this was, I was a Moscow, like a few wines and a Moscow mule in. And I was like, no, do not like honor the fans. I was like, this is my entire career. And then he stops and he was like, you know, you missed one very important thing about, about sports. And I was like, Oh, did I, you know, I was like, Oh, please tell me. And he was like, the narrative and the storytelling and i was like i'm a i'm a writer are you kidding me like that's my entire like so i take i think of that sort of emotion and passion and it's the feelings and the psychology that make me love this you know like it's 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 even the nick saban's daughter's wedding hashtag deep dives where i'm like what is like what you know like i wanted to ask you like what would it be like asking nick saban for his daughter's hand. It's that kind of thing that really yeah, like, and yeah. I think we talked about that and like gets me going. And I think that Brad Stevens is such an unbelievably interesting example of this, especially from your and my perspectives where like, you know him, you know what kind of place he comes from. I know what kind of place he ended up in. Yeah, like, he right. Is, he is in Boston. And yeah. to, me, to choose like Boston is such a radically different place. And yet I think thinks of itself as a place that has the same sort of Midwestern values. You know, yes, it's like yes. what we we're talking about when we we're talking about the difference between nice and kind and like right. LA is nice, but like the East coast could maybe be kind because yeah. like, you'll be, a, you'll be a dick about it, but like, I'll help you, you know, tow your car wherever you need me. Like, you know what I mean? And so I think that there's like a Midwestern sort of like down homeness that Boston fancies itself as, that either Brad feels comfortable in is, yeah. you know, this is wild speculation. Like, I don't know, but for him to, I think that the coaching and the pandemic wore him down. Like people yeah. I've seen reports about that. And, and to me, it's not necessarily a, like a stepping back from the biggest job to me. It's like a more powerful version of that job because you know that whoever he brings in, he's going to be like, Hey man, coach from this way. Like he gets to be the guy behind the curtain without having to deal. It would be like if you and I could finally delete our social media accounts, but like still run this show or like, you know know what I mean? Like the freedom that must come with not having a camera on your face every second of every game. And I just talked for a long time and I don't know how it all related. No, I think that's, it's a great point that there's definitely uh, as much as we're joking about the armchair psychology and and trying to assign meaning to stuff where there might not actually be meaning. I I don't know how you can look at this and not think that there's something to that, that that, that there was some sort of, I mean, he's, he's, said as much as you, as you said that that seems to be what people are saying is that the the bubble something about the bubble and the pandemic and all of it just made him reassess like what he wants to i still don't think he wants to be this long i, I don't think this is a long-term answer i I, really? I don't see how um 
I don't know. I could be wrong, but like, I, I, I still feel like this, what I know about Brad Stevens, this job is not going to scratch the itch in the way that he wants it. But I think what it will do is temporarily pull him back from some madness that he was experiencing yes. as the head coach of a Boston Celtics during a pandemic. Uh, just all, all of the, the whole scene with the Kyrie Irving uh, oh element of this and Jalen Brown's even. out and the Indiana rumors start swirling and then, you know, which, which, whether, the, you know, I was memeing them, but it was a real thing. I mean, they, yeah. they offered him the job and he considered it for a day or two. There were and then planes said, flying back and forth. Yeah, they were playing. So like he was, he had to address that and, and he thought about it. And I, I do think he, I, by the way, my, my narrative that I'm going with is that he, he took the Indiana offer, used it as leverage, <laughs> talked it out with Danny H because this wasn't, this wasn't a spur of the moment thing. Charlotte. I know. I it's know. not like they lost to the right. Nets last night. And then they woke up like in the locker room last night, Danny and Brad were like, Hey, what if, uh, what if I quit and then you become me? <laughs> Like they, they had, they had hashed this out for a while. Um, so, and, and, and I think that explains sort of Brad's, uh, uh, the, the whole, that, that, that makes the, the attitude around the Indiana that week where he was, was he weighing the job, but not really. And then he said he wasn't offered the job, but you're like, what, what do you mean you weren't offered the job? Like you were obviously offered the job. That that's what makes it makes sense to me was that he, uh, not that he, I, I don't know. That just that, like they, I think some sometime either then or even before then, this sort of plan had been put in place that maybe this would be Brad's last year as the coach, but he's still going to stay in Boston. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's 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 crazy because like this is this really is unique, and uh, that that a guy would 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 step back, and I I don't know if it's a long term answer for him, but it the the madness had to wear on him. I don't know. I think that's right. And I think the theme of this show, actually, what felt sort of disorganized when we were thinking about it is, is those decisions and is what this last year made everybody think about. And I almost feel like you and I should come up with a list on the spot at the end of the show, like top five guys you'd least expect to retire who are going to retire. Who are going to retire. Yeah. Like who are the guys, you know, where you're like never going to leave and then leave the job. So like, for God's sakes, for God's sakes, we might be watching it in real time with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I, not yeah, really, thinking, not like, really, but also like, if you watch that game last night, he walks off the court with five minutes left and he's looking around. He's like, my teammates are ass and Anthony Davis is hurt. And like, we won it last year and I'm 36 years old. And I mean, it sounds crazy saying out loud. Cause you think LeBron's going to play till he's 48 and his son's coming up. And like, he's still got a ton left in the tank. And like LeBron loves being LeBron and being the center of attention and running the league and all that. All of those things are true, but we're finding this more and more Charlotte that, I have it. Like, I have I, it. What? Do you want to go super deep armchair psychology here? Okay, please. This is oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> this is people realizing their mortality. This is guys like Roy Williams mm-hmm. and Coach K and LeBron who seemed larger than life, who seemed like they were going to do it forever. This pandemic, like, I don't know, I found myself being superstitious weirdly. Like, I knock on wood all the time now. It was like you you were made so aware of the fact what? that this is so fragile. These guys, maybe they're suddenly like, yeah, I am a person and I'm getting older and maybe I want to spend time with my family. Or maybe if you're LeBron, you're like, is it worth it to put another team on my back that really yeah. hurts? Like, what if I could just, what if I could just smoke cigars in my pool and can't believe this is my life? Like, what if that's what Aaron Rodgers in Hawaii? Like, what if we are watching like a sports wide reckoning yeah. of who gives a shit? 
actually. What if there's no more sports? What if everybody retires? All the, the athletes are like, we're All rich now. Retire. Let's just invest smartly and like head um, on out. No, what the pandemic did for, that's what I said for, for not just the, the athletes and coaches, but for you, me, yeah. everyone listening is I think it removed distractions. I think when you take away the ability to go out to eat and go to movies and watch sports and see friends and do all, which, you know, not, I, I don't mean to, to uh, reduce those down to like the only function they serve in our life is to distract us from our existential doom or, you know, like that's not it. <laughs> but when you remove all of that stuff and you're basically just left alone in a room to think and dwell on like where you're at in life and, and what you're trying to accomplish and who, like I said, you, you kind of also uh, you, you in those moments have to define um, during the past, however many months, like we, we all have had to kind of figure out who is our circle because like, mm -hmm. as, as stuff start, like at first you're seeing nobody, but then they were like, okay, you could, you could see people in your household. And if you live alone, you're like, what does that mean? Who's in my right. household? Right. And you start taking stock of like, who are your friends? Who are your family? And I think that's, that was true of all of us. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that is happening. I think it sounds insane to say that because it no, is no, no, armchair no. psychology. True. I think it's like, again, one of these people that we're talking about is going to speak out like Brad Stevens is going to hear this and be like, will you guys shut the hell up? Like, He's I just want to be like Titus for, 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 for God's sake, stop, stop how stop I live rent free in your head. Yeah. Um, but I think at the, the larger scale, I, I don't know how you can look at the patterns that are that are happening with, with these decisions and the, the behaviors that we're seeing, which seem in a vacuum, each one seems a little strange. Mm -hmm. But Roy Williams, like Roy Williams retiring, Aaron Rodgers' behavior, Brad Stevens stepping down, Coach K and everything, like all of these in a vacuum, you'd be like, wow, that's a little weird. But then you start paying attention and you're like, I don't, maybe it's not that weird. And yeah. I think you're right. Maybe it's not. Maybe LeBron is going to retire. I would. But you heard it here first. Let's 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 say it. Okay, Le yeah, yeah. LeBron James, uh, this is his last year. When when he loses to the Suns in the first round, I think he's gonna retire in the offseason. I think that's it. I think Space Jam 2 is gonna be a hit. He's gonna just decide I want to be a Hollywood guy, and that's all he's gonna do is just uh Hollywood stuff and retire and try to buy a team. I cannot wait to tweet this out when you're right. Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> excited because that's true. I'm sorry, that's what's gonna happen. Like, I think sort of grinding through it. I mean, I also personally came to this realization this year, first of all, that like I drastically changed my, the way I use social media because mm -hmm. in a pandemic, you know, social media used to be like, look how cool my life is. And like, yep. you know, and I'll use it for work still, you know, like, I don't know if this is breaking this news here, but I'm going to the Westminster dog show. Wait, uh, what? Yeah. And you didn't invite me. How am I? Well, not I'm about to invite you to ask, yeah, ask Buck if you can come <laughs> so shout out Mike Buckley. Um, no, but so like I'll use it then. Right. I'll be like, this is for work. This is I'm in a fun place, but like, I no longer feel like it's appropriate to be like, Hey, check out this, you know, really fun party. I'm at. Or check Like it just feels sort of like it felt rude during the pandemic where people were dying to be like, yeah. Hey, uh, look, I got this. It just like, it was sort of crass. Right. And like, I felt that way. And I found myself being like, I don't really want to use this that way. Like that makes me feel like a douchebag. And like, mm -hmm. I think that that sort of thing in terms of the public stuff that, that maybe, you know, I am by no means, I do not know what it's like to be Brad Stevens, but I do know what it's like to feel like, Oh God, do I really want to like put that out? Do I want to be out there right now? And I'm, I have a choice. I can use it mm -hmm. for work and not do that. Brad Stevens is like, he's, he's on, he's like public every time, whether he wants to be or not. And I think that the sort of 
it just made you think like, hey, what is really important here? And for Mm -hmm. some people, that's Hawaii with a rainbow, you know, like it really it really did make some things clear. And it also made it as like, do you have to like punish yourself to be successful or to have like to have the best job like these guys who athletes who put their body through so much for so long feeling like well if i don't get to jordan's six rings then like i'm nothing right, what if right. They, maybe they stopped and realized like am i yeah we talked about that with rogers yeah we talked about that with rogers that uh what what this doesn't really change who i am fundamentally and, and, all, and what if yeah. stevens fell away about coaching where he was like this i is- thought it was that you had to win these championships or i thought i did but what if like, i could find a slightly easier way for right now i think you're right that this is a total like what a great call because you're not quitting you're not getting fired you're shifting roles shifting. that's yeah. still kind of more powerful but like it's not what you were doing before so oh yeah charlotte speaking of like what you're talking about with success because um this is something i spent a lot of time thinking about during the pandemic and i swear at some point we're gonna have fun talking about this stuff instead of just like yes. reminding everybody of the existential dread of the last uh, <laughs> right besides telling everyone hey you're gonna die someday sorry but uh the idea of like having a a plan of what success looks like in your life is something that I also revisited a lot. And if we're, we're we're already well past the the point of armchair psychology. So let's just, yeah, whatever. Um, that, yeah, like if you take Brad Stevens as an example, that, uh, success looks like this. And if you're going to be a coach, you have to coach at the highest level. And then once you're at the highest level, you have to now win NBA championship. You have to do this, this, and all this stuff looks is what success looks like. And, and it's same with Aaron Rodgers, kind of. The success looks like this. You win MVPs, you win Super Bowls, you keep doing that over and over and over. And once you do that, you do it again. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And then at some point, your arm falls off and you're there. And that's how it works. Um, that I, I I certainly know that I spend a lot of time like reassessing what my career is, what, what success looks like in my career, what success mm-hmm. looks like in my life, what am I trying – and um, yeah, like, like maybe success for Brad Stevens is like I don't – need to go to the Eastern conference finals and lose like I do all the time. Maybe, maybe like if I, if I get over <laughs> okay, the hump, first of all, uh... <laughs> if I, if I go to the NBA finals, even if I win a title, uh, it would be awesome. That's something I've won. I've won. I obviously want to do, but what is success in my life? And then you ultimately take a step back and you make this list of like, these are the things that I'll look back on in my life and say, if I do these things, I am successful. Mm-hmm. And maybe he looks at that list. And as it turns out, like, you know, writing, having Kimba Walker play meaningful minutes is not on that list. You know, like right. the team, Kimba Walker is getting paid how much money. Maybe that is not on his list. And maybe his list is spend time with family more, which like, I don't, I don't know the role that he's going to have now, but I imagine. Do you think he'd, he'd have to travel for every game? No, no. See? Like, right. Hell yeah. Like go Brad. I'm so less pressure it. in general of, yep. uh, you know, like you still have pressure. Let's, let's not get that wrong. If you screw up a trade, screw up a draft pick, people are coming for your, your neck, but not the day-to-day pressure. If you're right. losing, if you're losing to, to the magic at halftime, you're not having people like calling for your head, uh, you right. know? Uh, so the, maybe, maybe it's a lot of that. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but, uh, it, it certainly is one of those deals where just to kind of put all the a bow on all of this is that, the headline is shocking. The the initial report is shocking. And then you think about it and it's like, maybe it shouldn't be. And, and I think that you're right that maybe this isn't the last of this. Maybe even Coach K is not the last of this, that there's going to be more, um, not, not even old guys, because like college basketball has a ton of old coaches that uh, I, I, we've been having, we've been awaiting as a sport, this this reckoning for a while because totally 
Tom Izzo's getting up there. Bob Huggins is getting up there. Jim Beheim is getting up there. Even Bill Self's like not as old as those guys, but he's certainly not a young man anymore. And um, you start looking around the landscape. So I think like uh, those retirements are certainly going to happen. Like Jim Beheim, no matter when Jim Beheim retires, I don't think it's going to be shocking per se. No, not, I don't think. Yeah, but I, 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 I would not be surprised if more of these sort of uh, the, the Brad Stevens types and the Aaron Rodgers types, those sort of stories, we see more of those of not necessarily retiring, but just like, what the hell's going on? Why is Aaron, why is the, 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 the reigning MVP in Hawaii when his team is working out right now? Like, what the hell's going on here? Um, this is shocking. And I think there's going to be more of those where it's like, actually, it might not be that shocking. I think it, I I think you're right. And I also think it makes it more understandable in terms of like, if this had all happened before the pandemic, it would have been outrage. It would have been like, and this is sort of what we're seeing with fans and sort of what we're seeing with, you know, I think it kind of all ties together in terms of like how fans have been acting out. And like, Mm -hmm. because I think before the pandemic, people would have seen and maybe they still do, you know, maybe people would see Aaron Rodgers, how he's acting now is selfish quote, but like, I I think that there's a tiny bit more understanding where maybe before the pandemic, even if I had seen Aaron Rodgers doing that, I'd be like, is he kidding? He's got like, like success to me means working so hard. And I mean, I even like, I think that not to get too deep or personal, but like, I realized that like my type a like ambition, like I have to succeed, like blah, blah, blah. Like it was like, you've got to punish yourself for it. And I said that early in the podcast, but even something like I used to run a lot and I like completely messed up my whole body running and not stretching. And now I can't run. And I do like lovely little walks and I'm just much happier. And like, and I was yeah, like, and I, like even something as simple as like yeah. the way I worked out shifted because last spring I was running 10 miles every day. And I was like, if I don't get to 11, I'm a failure. And now I'm yeah. like, I'll walk two what? miles and call it a good day. You know? Let's- and I feel like, that's a little bit of what we're seeing here, which is got yeah. like it was, and also just like it's exhausting having to play through a pandemic. And something that I think the Celtics are also seeing, which not to get too basketball-y or anything, but like winning championships takes a lot of luck. And it does, yes. And Gordon Hayward's, if he hadn't, you know, if his bone hadn't gone through his ankle, you know, maybe we're seeing a different thing. If like they didn't make bad decisions, like Brad Stevens wasn't a bad coach. It was just like sometimes things don't fall your way. And maybe if you see that happen enough, you're disillusioned with the idea of like a ring means success because you're like, I did the exact same shit that Michael Jordan did. Right. And it just didn't work. Yeah. That's a great point that you, you start to add, add all that up and, and um, yeah. And, and there's no rhyme or reason for why people are, I, I think that's true in a lot of walks of life, a lot of industries that like, right. Like there's some there's people no in sports or, media. I look at, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but gonna name names, but at the same time, <laughs> we, are, are we still recording? Can we start? I mean, like, do we want to get more clicks or <laughs> no? Um, no, it, it's true. It, 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 what, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, Brad. How do you think people in Indiana view what Brad's doing right now? I think, I think the coach K news has people in Indiana slightly shook about it. I don't think, I don't think uh, anyone other than John Shire is going to get the job for Duke. John Shire is right. a guy that won the 2010 title with Duke and um, right. has been an assistant coach for K and, and he got he's, like he's my Zion age actually. and Jason Tatum, right? Didn't he recruit? Yeah. Them? Well, Jeff Capel did that. I think, oh, okay. but, but, but Shire's been, Shire's a guy, Shire's a K age? guy. He's my age. Though. He, he went to, he's our uh, age. yeah, 
he's, he's literally my graduating class of high school. That's why I said my age. Cause I remember right. him uh, playing in Chicago and um, getting older sucks. Cause other people yeah. are way more successful than yeah. you are. Well, I, I actually think of the opposite. Like you think that makes him successful. I think like, what the hell is Duke doing? Because <laughs> like, you're really going to take the empire that Kay built and hand it to a guy my age. Are you, are you out of your and, Like we still think fart minds? jokes are really funny. Yeah. So. Like what? Um, but so I think Shire's going to get the job, but I think people in Indiana with the K news coming on the heels of the Stevens news oh. are like, Oh my God, is Stevens going to Duke? Because that would ruin, that would ruin people. The Wait, Indiana do you- fans. If How, he took, if so he took they think that job. he would take the Danny Ainge, he would He's become Danny to. Ainge and then leave to be Coach yeah. K? Yeah. Yes. That, that's, that, that would be the fear, but it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not, that's not realistic, okay. but it's just like, that's the fear. That's where your mind goes. You're like, oh my God, is this, um, is this going to happen? But no, they're going to hire John Shire. And I don't think, I don't think Stevens won anyway, but I do think the door is open and like at some point, at some point, not to go to IU or Duke or anywhere else, but maybe he'll just go back to an NBA job. But like, I don't think Brad Stevens has coached his last basketball game. I'll just put it that way. Okay. I don't think he's coached his last basketball game. Okay. Whether let, that's let at Indiana University reminder. or <laughs> he goes back to his roots and coaches second graders in Indianapolis like he used to when I was on his team so when cute. I was playing. Maybe that's what he does. Did I don't you know. Play for him in second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. I didn't know. Some that. some are saying Were if you I feet tall yet? <laughs> probably I was dunking. <laughs> some are saying if I don't carry Brad Stevens to those titles in second grade and kickstart his coaching career, we're not talking about him today. You know, but, you're laughing, but as I said, I'm getting very superstitious during the over the pandemic, and I believe in the butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. Like, what, what if, if Mark Titus never played for Brad Stevens yep. in second grade? What if second grade Mark Titus wasn't an ogre who was like three sizes bigger than every other kid on the court and was just maybe fools? the Celtics would have won a championship in the last maybe. 10 years. Yeah, oh! maybe. Yeah, there <laughs> Um, can I talk about Coach K a little bit with you? Yes. Because I'm curious um, your thoughts. First of all, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm again because like Tate and I will will hash this out on right. on our show um, more than nuts and bolts. And Tate Frazier, my God, if there's ever been a guy that's inside Coach K's brain more than that guy, he he literally broke the news. By the way, Tate Tate literally broke the news that K was retiring, and no one took him seriously, myself included. When? Uh, in April. We did a show in April and Tate shows up and he's smiling. Oh, wait, and, I remember that. And I said, what's going on? And he's like, yeah. he's like, I, I just got a phone call. That was pretty interesting. I was like, what, what, what do you mean? And he's like, I think Kay's retiring. And I was like, you're out of your mind. He's not retired. And then he, uh, he's like, no, he is. He's, and he just, t- Tate was like real coy and cool about it. But he and was I was like, like he- I was like, Tate, literally anybody could call you and say that Kay's retiring and you'll believe him. Cause you want to believe him. And uh, so we do a show and then Tate says, at the end of the show, I was like, all right. So Tate's had the smile on his face all day. I, I go ahead, Tate. What do you have to say to the people? He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. And then he just basically lays it out. He's like, coach K is going to retire this year. He's going to do a farewell tour and that's it. And, and that, and I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And we get done recording. And I was like, I, I remember turning him and being like, that's perfect. Cause like, it's not going to happen, but if it does, you're going to look like a genius. And he's like, I think it's happening. He goes, it's happening. And I was like, what? Did he ever is tell this- you who the phone call was with? He did, but I'm not going to out of source. Good, yeah. good, good. I'm not going to. But like, was it? Did it make you believe him more or less? It did. It made me believe him, but I have like I was. I had sources about Stevens IU. 
You know what I mean? Like right, I, right, I, right, 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 I right. talked to many people th- right. about Stevens going to IU and they're like, this is a real thing. There's real smoke. There's real whatever. So things fall through, things change, things, you know, there's a lot of but stuff. But like this one panned out. This one panned out. Uh, so I'll talk to Tate about all that. But what, I, what I'm curious is you, in my mind, in this situation, represent just the average American sports fan who's not like in the weeds of Coach K's career yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Number one, is Coach K likable? <laughs> is this a, a when you see this announcement that he's retiring does your you as an average sports fan in america charlotte are you saying this man is a legend and i can't wait to give him his flowers on this farewell tour if you will like this is this is a man who i, I will shower with praise on this farewell tour or where, where do you fall in this so this is a great question mark because i think that coach k falls into the category of sports guy everyone knows they shouldn't like but begrudgingly respects. Okay. So I don't think, I think coach K, I think coach K and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and, you know, I'm trying to think of another Saban, unlike, maybe? Saban. Yeah. yeah. Um, they fall under the category of no one likes them because they beat their team all the time. Yeah. They're sick of them because they're ubiquitous. And because people like you and I love to talk about them because we know that people will listen to what we say, because even though people hate hearing about them, they love hearing they about love, them. They love, yeah, yeah. This, this, this powers an entire industry, which is why I'm like, oh shit, we got to find another Coach K real fast because <laughs> otherwise like, we're not going to have jobs. Um, but but I, I don't even think likable applies to those guys. Yeah. I don't think that's even in the pantheon. Like, that's not even a possibility. It's impo- yeah, there's no way you could possibly be likable if you win that much. Yeah, But you also can't be unlikable because everybody is secretly jealous that they're not as successful yeah. as you are. And, like, I have a bunch of friends who went to Duke and to the people who went to Duke, Coach K, like, God, God yeah. status. Like, yeah. it's not that you like him. It's that you worship him. And I think of him as a sort of creepy Weasley face guy whose name I can finally spell only because I work in sports media. And like he to me is like makes me a little uncomfortable. And but I'm also but I'm also like he's like can be a little funny at press conferences. Like when I covered the ACC tournament one year, like I have these I have this weird thing in my career is like I'll do really deep dives on something for a year and then remember like five years later that I did that and I'm like oh I've actually like I think I yeah. interviewed Jason Tatum he was at Duke <laughs> and I'm here being like I don't know college basketball and then I'm like wait do I though I don't know yeah. so, <laughs> so it's just like insider outsider thing that I'm constantly like I don't really know what I know but I do know that coach K has something he's been able to do. I don't understand how a guy like him could connect to players the way that he has. But I mm-hmm. think for Coach K, this farewell tour, I think I think to a certain extent, guys like this and, you know, like even Kobe's farewell tour, who's someone who's revered, and I don't want to, I don't mean to sound like I'm speaking badly about him at all, but like part of the whole point of careers like that is the farewell tour is the farewell tour. I really think like how just, I mean, if you're not to say narcissistic, that's not the word I'm looking for, but no, it is for, for K for it it really is. It is. It is is for all these guys. It's narcissistic. That's why LeBron's not going to retire this year. I take it back. I take back what I said earlier. He's not, he's going to do a farewell tour as well. He's going to do a five-year farewell tour because like that you didn't work this hard and you know, sacrifice so much and make so much money not to like parade around and have everyone tell you how like imagine next year is going to be just the absolute worst it is going to be every goddamn game it could be like a western kentucky i don't know what's a team they play mark 
Uh, North Carolina would be Okay, one. it'll be a Western <laughs> Kentucky, North Carolina game, and they're oh, still going to oh, be talking. Oh, I, I, who, who is Western Kentucky <laughs> Who playing? could they yeah. play? Uh, uh, Moorhead State. We'll okay, say. it'll be yeah. a Western Kentucky, Moorhead State yeah. game, and they will somehow still be talking about Coach K. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they will. That that will be and I'm then already nauseated. He's gonna be the most unlikable he's ever been, unless yep. you're a Duke fan, which then gives you the like us against the world, and then is, Duke fans become worse. And yeah. then it's just like <laughs> And then John Shire's the coach and they suck, and then everything just kind of the momentum dies and no one exactly. really Duke. Again. And then it's no one talks like, about Duke and no everyone's like, Oh uh farewell tours in general. You kinda you're kind of hitting on it there for a second, but is there a situation where farewell tour is well received in your eyes, because I do think of like all the farewell tours I yeah. can think of Jeter, Kobe. Um, those are pretty much the, the big recent ones. All of them are like, do we need to, to do this to have a successful farewell tour? You have to be hot. Yeah. Like I wonder if you have to be really attractive <laughs> to have a successful farewell, farewell tour. Cause I was thinking about this the other day because um, this person i used to work with at vox a friend uh, rebecca jenkins covers internet culture for for vox media and um she wrote a story about tiktok and how like you'd think the algorithm would mean that you know you discover that all these people from places that normally wouldn't have been discovered or musicians or would rise to the top and and no the most famous people are just hot people who do like tiny little dances in front of their phones and no one really knows what they do but they have millions of followers and it's like because they're just hot it's like high school, like they're just hot. And I wonder if someone like Kobe or Jeter can be, and not to objectify athletes or anything, but like, I wonder if they can go on these farewell tours and make themselves likable because all of a sudden the pressure's off so they can joke and they can make themselves more charismatic, yeah. but also they just look good. So people are like, oh, all right, I guess you're okay. But Coach K is like, you know, he's he Coach K. Good. And so it's yeah. hard. He can't, there's nothing he could do or say like charismatically or sort of, physically that would make people be like you know what i think you're all right i i do but like is that this awful is, you know no it's not because i as i'm thinking through it i think coach k's farewell tour it doesn't matter like he, he could do whatever the hell he wants it's, right. i don't think he's worried about this but i don't see coach k's farewell tour picking up a single fan i don't see <laughs> no. him changing a single person's mind there's nobody that's no. like all it's going to do is, is 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 the people that like coach k which at this point are basically just like the duke fans yeah. Um. They're gonna they're gonna shower him with. That's what's so confusing is because he's gonna go around from school to school. He's gonna they're gonna play a game at like Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech's gonna <laughs> have a gift for him and the place is gonna like I don't know are we supposed to clap for this guy like I kind of hate this guy but right. I guess we'll sort of clap for him. Uh, what the hell is going on here? I don't think there's anybody that's like man, I've hated this guy his whole career. He's won so many games. He beats my team all the time. But now that he's leaving, I got to say, I got to tip my cap and respect. That's I, no. I can promise you that with Coach K, nobody's going to do that. For like, you know who will get this guy the hell out of here for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, he kicked my team's ass. He's also a dick, and I hate him. Get him out of here. <laughs> exactly. That's how people but feel you know about who, K. Yeah. You know who is going to become more likable on their farewell tour when it happens? Who's that? Saban. Yeah, I think so. I think Saban. He's going to somehow, like, he, because he is sort of a charismatic, like, and he can be fun and funny when he wants to be. And, like, he looks fine for an older guy. And, like, like he has a, do you know what I mean? I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this. There is a difference between Saban and Kay and Belichick and, and all of these guys who win a lot. Cause I do think that is a, a, a nice umbrella statement that just like you hate this guy because he beats your team all the time. And right. there's a lot that goes into that of, you know, th th that is a lot of it is like, I, I don't like that. My team keeps, if, if Duke is 
Duke has a program like Northwestern. Nobody cares about right. Kay, you know, but uh, at the same time, he, he is very different from Saban. If you One pay attention to how those guys operate and just the, the, the way they have the Saban almost doesn't have the media in his hand. Like Saban hates the media and Kay has like, he, he's pulling oh, all Kay the strings. Is like, like coyly sweet at times and never takes the blame for anything. Ev- anything. Like everything is someone else's fault. Yes. And he, Americans hate that. He's also convinced everybody that he's like a leader of men. And if you went to a Duke practice and I've never been to a Duke practice, but I know guys that played at Duke and I've, this is like not a secret at all. Kay, for lack of a better term, and we'll bleep this, he mother his players. That's, that's, that's the term we would use in the coaching right. basketball. He is, he is from the Bob Knight uh, coaching tree. He is from the Bob Knight philosophy. And I, but I think like it's been sanitized. You take like, that's who he is behind the scenes. Yes. Then it becomes sanitized. ESPN puts a little magic on it, a little Disney sprinkle magic. And then it comes out that, that coach K is like this John Wooden type figure, leader of men. Who's like a father figure to these guys. And yes. and, all that. and I'm sure there's some part of that, but it, th- that's the part that wrote. Cause Saban in my mind, Saban is Saban and Saban is Saban behind closed doors. Yep. Saban is Saban in front of camera. Saban is Saban, no matter who he's talking to love him, hate him, whatever. That is Nick Saban. That is who he is. Same coach with K. Belichick. Yeah. Same with Belichick. And he K is definitely too. K is definitely like, kind of manipulating things here they're pulling strings like winning winning going with usa basket like k is the king of the brand play we'll put yes. it that way like he's doing yes. things for the brand he's the lebron he is he is the brand is always on the mind yep. whereas saban's like i don't know if this helps my brand or not but <laughs> i'm gonna say this i'm gonna kick your ass on this in this game I'm, that's just i don't know he doesn't think saban's like what's a brand yeah yeah except not so, because he does affleck commercials now but yeah I, I think that that's exactly right that there is this he I think people respect authenticity and I think whether that's good or bad. Um, I think that coach K doesn't feel authentic to people. And yeah. so his farewell tour is also going to feel it's going to feel, it's going to feel gross. I'm because glad you said that. Like, oh, like I'm so now I'm just pissed. Cause like now college basketball <laughs> next year is going to become like, oh, it's going to be know? nauseating. Like, it's going to be really gonna be bad. The worst. It's going to be the absolute worst. You know, something I was also thinking about in terms of like the pandemic and coming about, out of it and um in terms of fans because we were initially going to talk about this and, and i was thinking about something that's sort of similar is like there are certain things that the pandemic changed and then there are certain things that the pandemic didn't change and like i think that this and i think this sort of ties into the other things we were talking about too which is that like people fans have always sucked and now mm-hmm. they've been i mean i love fans i am one but also like you know, Bills fans threw dildos onto the field for crying mm-hmm. out loud. Like, you know, when, when Russ got popcorn thrown at him and the, I think that it's important to separate. I mean, like the John Morant stuff where it was like awful racism. That's just yes. like, that is above and beyond awful. And like, I hope that that doesn't, hasn't been happening or won't continue to happen. I do think though, like the popcorn and like the throwing of water bottles, like that doesn't feel, and like the rushing the court, like that feels like to me by talking about it so much and making it this huge story and like rewarding it with attention and outrage, like in terms of authenticity, like fans see that and see that as some authentic description, like look at this guy and then like want to go become that guy. And so it just keeps repeating because we're like, we're talking about eating a fire. 
yeah. in a way that I think that that is something that the like the pandemic made everyone like desperate for attention or to like yeah. have something to talk about or like be a part yeah. of the story that it's sort of the two sides of that where where you could either self-reflect or you could just go completely buck wild and like I don't think the fan won the fans are the people who maybe didn't this do is that self-reflection the whole the whole fan discussion is a media concoction. Yes, and, it, and the reason it is is because I mean we have, and we we've been seeing it because people have been sharing videos from the old days, and by the old days I mean like twenty eighteen. <laughs> right. Like there is is ample data that shows that the fans have been assholes forever, dating back forever. Like this has gone on for you. You said, I mean, John Morant's family hearing racist comments. That, that's been going on forever. That doesn't mean I'm not saying that in a tone of like his family should accept that or like we should accept that we shouldn't, but, th- but that has been going on forever. And the reason like, it feels like there's a crisis and we are, we're at a problem is because uh, we haven't had fans at these sporting events forever. Mm-hmm. They come back. And I think people just forgot that fans are dicks <laughs> in well, general. Also- and, and I, and I guess like the, the other point I make is like, they're being all, all of the stuff that's happening was addressed in the moment. Like the jazz, like all these, all these fans that are acting out have been banned. They've been arrested in some cases they've been charged. They've been like, I don't, I don't understand the, the discussion, the outrage uh, fans have to be better. That is, that is certainly true, but I don't know who's on the other side of this. That's saying like, I actually don't have a problem with like fans acting out or whatever. That's why it feels like a straw man argument. It is a straw man. And and it's not even a real story, but like, we just kind of, we spend a lot of time talking about it. And plus, like you said, given certain contexts, like fans acting out is funny to some people. If a guy's running on the field streaking at a football game and, and just like waving his shirt around his head, you're sharing, everyone's sharing that and talking about how funny this is. And it's hilarious. Like if that, if the guy runs out on the court and touches the backboard in a vacuum, and does nothing else and then gets tackled. And, the, yeah. and there's no, there is no Russell Westbrook uh, popcorn, John Morant's family in Utah, Kyrie Irving getting water bottles thrown. If none of that had happened and this guy just randomly on a Tuesday night at a random game and the NBA just goes and touches the backboard, everyone loves it. And they're like, this is so funny. This guy's a hero. This right. is hilarious. Um, so I think that's important to have that context. But at the same time, I also think that it, yeah. It is though. First of all, did you see Bradley Beal just absolutely losing it? Yeah, and the fan yeah. walked out. He was laughing so hard, and I was like, yeah. "That makes me feel so good." Because at the end of the day, like it comes down to like, don't be a dick to the players. And if the player, if a player thought that was funny, but I think that in something, and I've said this a lot before, but like environment determines so much more about behavior than individual characteristics. Like mm. in those moments, those fans are like mob mentality is a real thing. Those fans, and I'm not saying that it, it takes away from individual responsibility. It doesn't. But I think people forget that like when you fuel the fire with being like, look at these awful fans, people get it in their heads or like, I get attention for this. And then right. in the moment they're like fired up because everyone's chanting stuff. Everyone's and booing. Everyone's right. booing Kyrie Irving and, and, and then Kyrie like, Irving's walking off and you're like, you're like, ah! <laughs> and like if you're a well-adjusted person you don't do that but you know right. if you're sort of in it and you're not and you're primed to do it anyway then you do it. And I think that the environmental thing the reason that this sort of makes me think about what we're talking about is that like all these guys retiring, like maybe behavior modeling where it was like wearing masks. If that hadn't become a divisive issue, no one would have had a problem with it, but people right. had a problem with it. But like once more people started doing it, people were like, okay, I guess I'll wear a mask. Now, like Aaron Rodgers retires, Brad Stevens retired there. You know, it's like, Oh, maybe I can do this. Or it's like, I like, I like you immediately stuff. went to Aaron Rodgers retires, by the way. I like oh that. That's become, that's like be, you just said it like it's happened. Retired. 
but do, like, do you know what I mean? Like these yeah. sort of these things that other people start or like Roy Williams retires and coach K can be like, Oh, well I won't be the first to do it. So right. like, I think people are much more simple than a yeah. lot of us would like to think. Yes. Yes. As it I started turns out. wearing like, I bought a bunch of sweaters cause I saw someone on Instagram wearing them. Like it's not complicated. <laughs> As it turns out, we all have monkey brains. As it turns out, we're all morons. We're all morons. We're idiots. So... Every single one of us. Uh yeah, the 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 what 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 a wild what a wild day, by the way. We we were prepared to talk about the fans and now like we're talking about it. I'm like, I'm kind of bored by this. I'm so glad we don't have to. Let's not talk about it anymore. Okay. Here's my question to you. Who do you th- who would be who would surprise you the most if they retired? If they retired, who would surprise me? Because I feel like Coach K would have, would that have been your answer? Tate was, Tate looked pretty sure. Tate, like if, if, when Tate, when Tate told me that. When he first said it though. I, I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, that's, that's crazy because, because to me, if, if you're making a a list of guys who were going to die coaching, Coach K would have been at the absolute lock it in number one. I don't care who else you throw out there. That man has never, going to stop coaching ever he's going to be well past like i don't know he was going to joe paterno it where he's like 88 (laughs) years old and he's still careful i guess not not in that way i mean in the way where it's like where joe paterno is running off the field because he's crapping his pants he's so old like he can't like that happened that was a thing that happened i watched it happen and i thought k was going to do that Mm -hmm. um so yeah in that regard that would that was certainly shocking I'm, i'm thinking of like coaches athletes that would be i mean obviously like a lot of the young guys retiring would be the answer like luka Doncic retires like that's that's insane but in terms of like semi-realistic um i've talked myself into like any of these guys could do it i've talked myself into i really have i mean andrew luck we didn't even mention him i know i know that was pre-pandemic andrew luck retired that he just looks in 2019 yeah and andrew luck is like you know i think i'm done here and everyone's like but wait you haven't won a super bowl yet and he's like yeah I, I won life though. He's like, yeah, but I, <laughs> I have a, a book club. I won a ton of money and I have a Stanford degree. So how about you? Uh, what do you, you think he's up, up to? Bro? We should try to get Andrew Luck on the podcast to talk about retiring. We're talking about guys retiring early. I mean, this is a, uh, yeah, maybe it's not. You a know who would shock thing. me? This, what? Sean McVay. Yeah. Sean McVay would be a good one. Cause Sean McVay, uh, I, I really feel like anybody who's Sean McVay hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. So that would be shocking. I feel like anybody who's won something, for sure is like if they retired i wouldn't be shocked at all even, but i also there's some, there's some guys though who haven't like if kyle shanahan if the coach of the 49ers retired i wouldn't be surprised because yeah. i'd be like ah his dad did it he's clearly not having that much luck he got kind of sick of it and now he's done <laughs> like yeah. some of sean McVay seems too fired up like i could see kyle shanahan just like hanging out with his kids sean McVay, yeah. i don't know what he would do if he didn't have football Let's uh let's do it this way instead of who who would be the most shocking. Let's throw out uh guys who might just follow in K and Roy's footsteps. Oh, should like, we predict the future? Predict the next one because I think here, here my mind immediately goes to Pete Carroll. <gasps> Pete Carroll is like, what if I I I kind of have no sign of retiring per se, but suddenly I just do it oh, one day. So good. Okay. What let's if Pete go, Carroll retires this, from the? Let's call this segment um segment uh we are we are about to be so right let's call this segment like telling the future so that when we are right because i think if we do enough of them we'll have these clips At, that we all can the, go back all to. the conversation about russ and and is russell wilson happy in seattle and like that just like pete carroll 
looks at that and he looks at all these other old guys and he's like, I think I'm done. I think okay. I, I think that's enough. I think I want to go chill. I want to move to Hawaii and, and just, you know, chill and play guitar and take my shirt I off. I love it. That's what okay, I, I have one. Okay. Dusty Baker. <laughs> Dusty Baker's going to be like, I'm sick of carrying water for the Astros. Yep. I have a renewable energy company. I'm going to go back to California and yep. run that. Uh, in, in the same vein, maybe Joe Madden is, is with the angels. Yep. And he, he won the, the world series in 2016 and he's got Otani and trout and can't even make the playoffs. And he's like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I think I'm over. Think I'm okay. Over this. okay. Um, Oh, this is so fun. Um, uh, what if Saban retired? What if Saban really did like just, Oh my God. Hang it up. He just hangs it up. That, I mean, he's, he's old too. He's old as hell. He's won everything. Like I, I, I really am fascinated by, um, I mean, I mean, I guess this is part of why it's shocking that K would retire because those guys that do win all the time, the Belichick's, the Saban's, the K's, if it was you or I, Charlotte, we would have retired 20 years ago. <laughs> we would have been like, I've won three yeah. titles. Like that's, I wanted to win one. I've won three. This is insane. Like I'm done. I'm that's it. Um, so for Saban to step, like if Saban was a step away now, it seems insane because you're like, what, what's the difference between this one and the last 36 you won? Like they're all the same. Right. Uh, and that's how I felt about K it was like, what's the, what, what's changed you're, This is all, it's all the same, but Saban, Saban would be crazy. If Saban was like, what am I doing? I've, I've, I, I can't, there's nowhere else to go. There hasn't been anywhere else to go for me for 10 years now. Like what, what am I even Saban doing here? has an existential crisis. Well, cause okay. So here's the thing about these guys, right? They don't seem um, terribly anxious. Yeah. Like they don't seem like people who spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, like what makes me happy? What do I, I, I feel like they just sort of like, they're like, Oh, winning makes me happy. So then yeah. they go do that. And if, if they are wired so completely differently from the rest of us, clearly yeah. it's what you said. Well then how can they ever have a line? Maybe it's their family. Like maybe their kids start being like, Ooh, are you yeah. kidding me? Like Look maybe the they kids. Start Look at the kids. Look at the grandkids. How old are the kids? How old are the grandkids? I Look, know exactly how old the grandkids are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I mean kids. I mean kids. I, I have another uh, another name to throw out there. Uh, Urban Meyer after the Jaguars start 0-4 and, <gasps> and wants to spend more time with his family. <laughs> oh, I just thought Tim Tebow can't block or catch a pass at tight end. And Urban's like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know who's going to outlast all of us? Who's that? Tim Tebow. He really is. He's gonna. He's be, gonna be the last person to retire from sports. For he'll be he's doing just, judo. By yeah, he's gonna be bouncing around from sport to sport. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh man. man. Well, should we? I mean, I feel like our fan lists aren't even. Aren't even really relevant now, no. but we could do them anyway if you want. We could go through them. Why not? You want to go? We, through we them took the time. Quick? Let's just rip through them real quick, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, okay. So what we did, we set out because as we said, we were playing the show. We thought like, what is what is everybody talking about? They're talking about unruly fans. Uh, very quickly because of Brad Stevens and Coach K, that became not that interesting of a discussion and mm -hmm. whatever. But what we we're gonna do for lists was uh, what 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 did we decide? Fun fans, fans we like at that are yeah, like games? fans we can't wait to see at games because yeah, I had you don't... know it's like there's always that guy or like that girl or that lady like let's talk yeah. about the, like that fan. Stop giving attention to the racists and the people that yes. are throwing stuff and the people that are running on the court and touching the backboard. And let's instead focus on the good fans. And yes. what is what makes a good fan? What makes a stereotypically good fan? I love this. So that's the list. So why don't why don't you go first? We'll go through these quickly and uh, okay. get the hell out of here. My number six is me. <laughs> uh, my number five. 
I'm a great fan and I love going to sports games. I can't wait to see myself for another sports game. Uh, okay. My number five is um, like the super fan in the elaborate robe or like crown or somehow they always like f- at a football or baseball game where they always have like a WWE championship belt okay. somehow or like a crap. Like I saw this guy at um, the Chiefs Titans AFC game a few years ago who had who was in the hotel lobby of where it was staying and had this like massive cape that said like King of the North or something it didn't make any sense and like a Viking hat I mean like none of this yeah. ever makes any sense but it is clear that they keep this costume in a special box in the attic or in like a special storage unit and they bring this outfit out and they have spent hours and they add to it every year. I love that fan. You're talking I about the people that, that go to the, the NFL fans that go to the hall of fame fan exhibition yes. deal. There's, there's something like that, that they have every there is year. A fan hall of fame. Yeah. There's like a fan and then people just sit on Canton. Cause I remember uh, when I was at Grantland, I pitched the idea of me cause I lived in Ohio and I was like, I'll just drive up to Canton and go to this thing. And uh, I forget why we didn't do it. I, th- that idea didn't get nixed. It was like a scheduling conflict or something. But I was going to go up there and just like walk around and interview. Did, have you been there? No, but we should do that. We should still do that. Yeah. That's a I people's sports podcast. Like that is the most. Okay, great. We should, so we're we should get the boots on home. the ground and go to the yeah. fan thing and just like interview the people that are wearing makeup in the middle of the summer when there's not even football on and there's yep. in Canton, Ohio wearing face paint. <laughs> and like drove there from yeah a long way away. From Minnesota to <laughs> wear their Viking hat in Canton, Ohio. Uh, do, do you, does any part of you, because this certainly applies to me. I, I went on a Spike Lee rant uh, not that long ago. Does any part of you hate, that some of these fans make it about themselves too much. The guy that's yeah, like I, the a little whole look point at me. Is it like you kind of hate all of the fans on your list. Like <laughs> I, I'm not like be like if you're if you're that into it, you're sort of like oh my god. But I, it's sort of the like I get excited when I see it because it's like you know when you're a kid and you're stopped at. Oh, this is already weird, but I'm gonna say it. And like if if the tr- if the railroad thing goes down. And it's usually just a normal commuter train. And you're sort of like, oh, it's still kind of cool. Like, I love trains. But then, like, a freight train goes by that one time. And you're just like, oh, my God, it's a freight train. And you're like, it's not objectively even that cool. But, like, all the cars are different. It's and you're different. excited. This is different. That's how I feel about. Yeah. All right. These, these fans are the freight trains of the NFL. <laughs> uh, oh, why am I like this? Moving on. My number five is the guy who's working on his fourth beer, aka like the ha- the happy drunk. We'll call him. That's yeah. uh, he's not belligerent yet. He's not trying to fight people, but he's definitely drunk. And mm-hmm. he's 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 high fiving everybody <laughs> yes. when something on a first down. He at first down, he's like Whoa, first down. He's pointing. <laughs> He's uh he's high he's always got like funny witty remarks about uh whatever's going on. He's participating in the chance. The yes. uh uh or or if you're at an NBA game and the Oregon starts playing and he'll he'll still jump in with the defense like because I'm too cool for school like when those chants start at when the Oregon starts dun, 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 I'm not the one that's like dun, like clapping with them right. I'm like this is stupid I'm not gonna clap like you're whatever but this guy is a little little drunk he's getting into it he's chanting he's he's the songs during timeouts he's dancing with maybe he's wearing a funny jersey like a yep not necessarily number 69 Jersey, but like he's, he's wearing like an old school player that is a rare find, you know, of the team. And I don't know. I like that guy. That guy, yeah. that guy's fun to be around at the tournament. And then he I has one too many beers and I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> he has one too many beers. I'm like, all right, get that guy out of my the face. The fourth but. beer. He's fine. Fifth 
beer, you're like, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, he's the no. fifth beer. He's he's calling everyone assholes on the other team. <laughs> every time, like every time someone makes a shot, he's like, "You asshole!" Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, he just made a layup. Like, come down. It's not- I saw that guy at the Knicks game after probably like fifteen beers, and he was just like standing in line trying to get out of the arena, and he just sort of had his head down, and he was like. And his buddy was like, You gonna be okay? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> and you're just like, You were fun 10 beers ago. Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay, my number four is the guys with body paint and no shirts on in negative mm. 20 degree weather because it made me yes. so, I feel yes. so superior. I'm like, what an absolute moron. But then at the same time, you're sort of like, what must it be like to, to no, have such a little fear? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with the second one. I'm with the latter. Yeah. I'm the we, we just got done talking, Charlotte, about the pandemic and reassessing your life and what matters to you and like trying to find things that are important. And I feel like those guys have figured it out. And yeah. it's watching the Chicago Bears lose to the <laughs> Packers at Soldier Field with their chest painted. Yes. And, and you know, like that that's that's happiness to these guys. And they're simple guys, and all they want is just to throw some beers back and 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 and, and paint get their on chest. national television. And get on national television I'm with their bellies jiggling. Yeah. yeah, seriously. And that makes them happy. Yeah. So that's my fourth. <laughs> I like it. I like those guys. Uh, my number four is the successful gambler who is hitting all of his bets. It's he's he's on a run. He's like this is it's all happening. So my experience with this was uh the the, the big time I experienced this was um Ohio State was playing Kentucky and Vegas a couple years ago. It was right around Christmas time. And I was with Greg Oden at the game and uh, one of the Ohio state boosters had a suite at the, at the game in Vegas. And because I was with, they invited Greg up to the suite and I was with Greg. So I got to go up to the suite. Your and smartest these, move was being yeah. Greg Oden's friend. I recommend it to everybody. Yeah, I would love try to it. try. Um, so I'm in this suite with all these rich dudes that love Ohio state and they have an insane amount of money on, I don't, I don't remember what the number was, but I remember hearing it just like, Oh my God. And on the game, uh, on the game, on the first half over, the second half over, the, the, the anything you could imagine. These guys had hundreds of thousands of dollars oh on the line of things. And they hit everything. And these guys were wild. They were like, it, it, it was the most fun I've ever had. Like Ohio State won the game. So I was excited about that. We beat Kentucky and I'm, I'm going crazy about that. But then also all these guys are just high five and they're like, we're going to, we're going out to the, the club. So everybody, and it was, it was the, it was the most fun I've ever had as a fan watching. It was a regular season game in Vegas and the, the arena was like half full, maybe. You know, like nothing about it says this should have been a fun game other right. than like my team won and these guys I was around were they, – they won a shit ton of money and they were super happy. So successful gamblers that. are fun. I love that. Oh, that's such a good one. Um, yeah. All right, my number three is a massive family. You know where you see them in the concourse and they're just like – it's a mom and a dad and probably the grandparents <laughs> and they just have somehow like 30 kids. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all different ages and you have no idea how they're related, but they all look exactly alike. So, you know, they're related and they're yeah. all wearing they're like, they're only two jerseys that they're wearing. It would be mm-hmm. like the whole family is in Tom Brady and Gronk uniforms at Gillette, mm-hmm. like no deviation, mm-hmm. except for like the one little kid who's a Vinatieri jersey on. You or the know, one like, little kid's a fan of the other team, the opposing yeah, exactly. team. Just to like, be like, the, like <laughs> one little kid in a Colts jersey. A Colts jersey. Like, Peyton what Manning. happened there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, it, I just love seeing, because I love imagining the process that it took for them to get out of the house or like meet in the yeah. parking lot. Like the, the logistics, like you bring this, I'll bring that. We'll meet here. They call them when they get there. No one can find each other, but somehow yeah. they all end up in that concourse like 50 people at the same time just like happy to be there and I, their, for some reason it's so funny to me this and is it's their one sweet. 
family vacation for the year is just yes. driving 30 minutes down the road to watch the Patriots yes. play in week six. <laughs> and like, they're all it. there. That's it. Yeah. That's our family. And that's vacation. all they want. That's all, that's that's all they, all want. they want. That's a, I, I, I keep going back to, I think I've referenced this a few times on the show, but my favorite Louis CK joke slash bit, whatever is uh, for, for a, a father of multiple kids, the, when you go on vacation, there is no vacation except for the time when you put all the kids in the car and then you shut the door and then walk around the car to get into the driver's seat. That's the vacation. That's what I think about is like the dad in that situation as you're going through the like logistics. Everyone's content. Yeah. And you're yeah. on the outside. And you're the, the one time you just get to take a deep breath and be like, oh. <laughs> all right, now I step in the car and go back to the madness. Yeah. Um, th- those are, those are great. That's, a great, that's a great answer. Uh, number three for me is grandmas, just grandmas in general. Just old ladies. Uh, I know some people that maybe listen to my other show that I do say, no, hang on a second, Mark. Don't you hate Sister Jean? Which I would say, never she's hated Sister Jean. One, she's not a grandma. <laughs> Great point. Not a grandma. Number two, uh, I hated the coverage of Sister Jean. I didn't hate her. I love the idea of an old lady being at, at a game. I, anytime they, they panned to San, uh, San Diego State, I went to a game down there. They got these two old women that sit in the student section, and it warms my heart. I know Colorado <laughs> is another school that had these two famous – uh old women who are fans of the the colorado buffaloes like anytime i hear those stories as long as i don't hear them every single second of every single game like we were hearing with sister jean yeah i love grandmas i love i love old ladies who know and they're not just there for novelties like they actually know the team they've actually been following the the game they actually they're not just there on the night out because their grandson wanted to go to the ballpark they're like Our bullpen's a disaster. <laughs> and, they, you, and they are yeah. so mad at the coach always. Yes. Yeah. They're like, the, why did you pull him? Yes. Why did you pull him? Yes. And they're Those, right. And they're always right, no matter what. They're right. Every grandma that goes, the, every grandma sports fan is right. Absolutely. So, oh, okay. Uh, my number two is the little kid wearing a throwback jersey from before they were born. Oh, that's because a good one. Yeah. It means that they are like trying so hard to learn and are invested and like, you know, probably someone in their family lo- or they, they just want to feel like connected to something bigger than themselves. And they're right. at that age where they're like starting to learn how to research stuff. Yeah. And they're in like, you know, even if it's like a Larry Bird jersey, they're right. still like, I know Larry Bird exists and yeah. I'm five. You know, my dad and told he- me about this guy and I looked exactly. him up on YouTube and he's pretty awesome. And, and then that kid's like the the wrong generation kid. He's like, man, if yeah. I was just born twenty years earlier, like that, I feel like that was He's my an old soul already. Yeah, I'm an old soul. And you're like, yeah. dude, you're seven. What are you talking about? <laughs> right for the little kid who's uh, like, you know, I just, I just like the way they played basketball in the eighties. It was more she's, pure. She's yeah. like three years old. Yeah. <laughs> and then you uh, look at the mom, and the mom's like, I don't, I didn't tell her to say that. <laughs> Uh, number two for me is, uh, the guy or gal who fills out a scorecard at a baseball game, which is my mom. My mom does this. If you go to Chicago Cubs game with my mother, she will buy the official scorecard and she will fill it out as though she's the scorekeeper as though, uh, at the end of the game, someone in the press box is going to be like, damn it. Did anybody take notes? Did anybody have, and then my mom's like, got it right here. Got it right. I have it all. Chris Bryant. That was a, uh, that was, that was a triple in the gap right there. I saw, uh, I wrote it down. You can see right there. It was a two, one count. And in the Does bottom she keep of the sixth. Uh, that's a great, I think she's kept some of them through the years. Um, she doesn't keep up, but she, she, she'll watch every single pitch and mark it. And she taught me how to do it too, because there's like an art to filling those yeah. things out. It's like, you got to kind of, I don't know how to do it. The language. 
And this was a big deal. Like the, the, the old heads of baseball that love doing that when this, the, uh, the extra inning rules place where guys start on second extra innings. I remember this being like a point of contention for people is like, when I fill out my scorecard, what do I do? How did that guy get to second? How did he get to second? We have to make sense of this. That There's makes no... me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, those people that do that, the, the old, the old folks at the ballpark that are, are tracking every pitch in there. I love those. It takes me back to the, that that's baseball to me. That's baseball. Like you see baby. that you're like, that is, <laughs> that is baseball. It God actually it. does. I have, I saw a few, uh, a friend on Instagram on her story posted a picture of filling out a scorecard and I immediately just felt like great. Yeah. It was like this warm, lovely feel. I was like, Oh, sports <laughs> you know <laughs> um my number one mark is is the old lady in a wheelchair in decked out in vintage gear that she got when it was new it's a grandma's the grandma's that's my We're number on the one same it's the, that is i love them i they that the only thing that makes me feel better than watching someone fill out a scorecard is the, the lady there and who's been there and i and she knows it. everything and and you kind of think she's like a cute little throw into the fan base but then right, you and like, then, actually talk to her and she's like she's she knows everything and she remembers or she everything. stands and up she, out of her wheelchair and bleep this out she's like you, and you're like whoa <laughs> yeah, whoa <laughs> okay. one thing i found this is uh this is definitely just anecdotal but uh i'm curious your thoughts on this i have found that women who have been sports fans for a long time again very anecdotal. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just yep. I'm curious your, your perspective. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like sometimes women will latch on to like one team. So if you're from say like a Chicago mm -hmm. and you fast forward, you're not like, in my experience, women ne aren't necessarily the, the older women aren't necessarily fans of the bears and the bulls and the cubs and the Blackhawks, And I love them all. And I just love all my Chicago teams. There's, there's something that happens at some point where they like, I'm a, I love the cubs and I just like, yeah. I'm all in on the cubs. I like the bears. I mean, I'll watch the bears, but like the Cubs are my team. Yeah. And I feel like that happens. I, I'm basing I this off of my grandparents. I'm basing this off of my mother. I'm like, it feels like they, they just kind of pick one team and then they go all in on that team. And they're, they know everything about that team. I feel like that's not wrong. I feel like I know more older men who are sort of like city team, like across across spectrums and then more women who, and it's not to say that the men know more. It's like, they'll know it's, less about all of the teams, but all of them. Then the yeah. old lady is just like, can tell you every single thing about football or the bit. Yeah, actually. So what, what, but listen, what, write what, in, what, write in and tell yeah. us if you think that this is like, an, it might be general, stupid. It's probably That's, generalization, but like, it, it feels like I know, I feel like I know what you're talking about. What, what are you going to lock in on? Are you a Patriots or a Red Sox girl? I was girl? just trying to think about that. I feel like maybe this career like screwed me over for any yeah. chance of doing that, you know, like it, but it'll be the Red Sox. <laughs> the, yeah. I, I, think I say that, but it's going to be baseball. It depends on how good uh, Mac Jones is, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so it'll be the Red Sox. So, so as you be... said, it'll be the Red <laughs> Okay, Mr. Justin Fields. <gasps> I'm not even a Bears fan, but now I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, my number one is just the innocent, enthusiastic kid that's not jaded yet about sports and goes to the game. He's probably seven, six, whatever, and does not boo the other team. Does not. He has no idea what Kimball Walker is making. He has no idea what the contracts, what their trade rumors are. He has no idea what this guy that his favorite player tweeted the other night and his stance on 
social issues or anything else. He's just like every single guy that's wearing the Jersey of the team. I like is my superhero. And I love you so much. And you're, you're the best. And I'm going to make a sign that says that and I'm going to hold it up and I'm going to cheer for these guys. And when we lose in the car ride home and I'm at, I'm going to ask my dad, why did that happen? How did that happen? Like that? I love our guys. Like are the dad, do you think they're sad? Do you think they're sad? Those kids, those kids are awesome. This and then show. something happens along the way and we all get bitter and jaded and we're like, hey, right. These kids are what? They're still ever hopeful. <laughs> they are still ever, the ever hopeful kids. Yep. There it is. Oh, they don't know capitalism exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I heard oh, you man. say recently uh, on uh, pardon my take that um, you don't know if you're a communist yet. Oh, it, it, you got to do more research. I got to do more research. And I appreciated I'm, that because I was like, I'm that is the, it. that is the representation I want for this podcast, which I, is that we, we spew facts that we do not know, but when it's an important issue, we do, we do the research. I'll, I, I am definitely, uh, whatever is in vogue. I am that. I, I know. And I like, that. I like <laughs> so. that you said that, but you were also going to research Taiwan or something. So shout out. I'm also, I'm also like a week away from having done all the research on any issue that you want me to have a, thought on i'm like yeah, i'm right i'm very close never, you've never, i'm very never close to finish to, the research very close uh, very close charlotte I'll, I'll oh brother well, well c- congratulations to brad stevens congratulations to coach k on uh, accomplishing your dreams and um whatever else you know it's gonna uh, suck is when we both retire on the next podcast <laughs> i think we might i think that that should have been our answer like who, who is going to retire next it's like it's us it's definitely us um, meanwhile our boss is like haha look at your contract fair point um we'll get back to regularly scheduled programming uh this feels like a little it was a little different because i felt Coach good Brad stevens ruined us yeah i i, I, I just wanted more fun. notes on on Thomas Lipton and stuff like that, but we'll get okay. Well, it. we'll get back to we'll find more geography and history. To we'll go hard on the geography and history next week. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. I would love that. Um, okay, in the meantime, see you guys. <laughs>